All right, it is Super Bowl Friday. It has finally arrived after two weeks of talking about this game or like four days of talking about it and then six more days of like watching bullshit media antics in Minnesota. We're almost ready to play the game. Uh, I could not have imagined waking up to a better uh, site this morning than sitting down here to do this podcast, logging on and seeing Chase Utley posting an Eagles video with the Always Sunny crew with the tagline, Fly Fucking Fly. Um, feeling pretty good about the game right now, Russ. Like I've been saying for, God, it, this two weeks has felt like an eternity, and I always hate it. I hate it when our team is playing in it, and I hate it when, when they're not. Two weeks is just too long to get to the Super Bowl. Kills a lot of momentum, but uh, yeah, man, I, I've I've felt I think about just about as good about this matchup as I did uh, with the Vikings matchup. And while a lot of people around me have been, I don't know, calling you know crying that the 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 sky is falling, that the evil empire and the Tom Brady are going to go win number six, and what tie the Steelers, right? Is it the Steelers or the Cowboys? Doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. It's the um, I like. I just don't. I don't care, and I don't. I don't fear it as much. It's a really good team. This Eagles team is just. They're so much better than I think any of us ever anticipated them being. They've had a better run than I think we ever could have hoped for. And you know, like I, I usually hate when people say that you're playing with house money, but you really are, and. It, it's not even a situation where it feels like the Eagles lucked their way into it, right? We talked about at the live show, uh, which came available yesterday. For those who haven't listened, go back and listen to that. But, um, you know, in that Atlanta game, we watched a defense step up and, and young cornerbacks like Jalen Mills step up at the end of a game to shut down a Julio Jones fade route in the end zone that we all knew was coming. Um, they stepped up in a big moment. In the second game, the Eagles made, you know, a, a massive interception, a pick six that changed the momentum of the game, and, and Nick Foles was able to step up in the pocket and deliver. The offense came up large in that game. And so now we get into the Super Bowl, and it doesn't feel like it's lucky. It feels, it, and I don't like using Team of Destiny. So I, I think it just feels like a really good football team that has overcome massive adversity, and they deserve to be in this game. They are, they are in many ways a more talented team than the Patriots, but you have to be fair and you have to pay, you know, certain homage to what Brady and Belichick have have achieved in, in you know, these moments in the postseason. And uh, they'll go down as maybe the greatest dynasty of all time. But when push comes to shove, this Eagles team is fantastic and and they're going to match up well. I, so it doesn't, I haven't yeah. seen any national pundits call for a blowout. I was watching the Inside the NFL crew last night. Uh, Ray Lewis picked the Eagles to win, I think, like 28 to 24. And then um, Boomer Esiason and Phil Simms both picked the Patriots, but it was only by, I think, like three or four points. And if you think about in the in the grand scheme of things and the overall context of knowing who you lost, you know, if we went into the season and you said we were going to lose Jason Peters, Darren Sproles, we were going to lose Jordan Hicks, we were going to lose all these guys, Maragos. Uh, uh, you forgot someone. Oh, and of course, Carson Wentz. I was going to, well, was, that was going to be part two, but... Uh, if you said that we were going to lose these guys and make the Super Bowl, you would wonder, like, did the entire NFC just self-implode? And the fact that they've been able to overcome adversity like they have and, and get themselves set up in a good position where people think it's even going to be a close game with a backup quarterback as the starter, it says a lot about the resiliency of the group. It says a lot about the way that they've been coached up. 
I, I'm well, like in a I'm in the well, most positive it, kind of spot I think I've ever been in for an Eagles team. It's interesting. It's interesting the way you put it about you know you would think the NFC would have imploded. In a way, it did. Yep. In a way, it did. Aaron Rodgers uh, going into the season. Who are the teams? If you have to beat people in the NFC, who would you say you worry about? Obviously, the Cowboys. They had a bye last year. Uh, Seattle. Seattle, who, who me, had massive defensive injuries. They kind of took them out of it. They didn't have any offensive weapons. Green uh, Bay. Can I, can I can Oh, I, I thought you were me? asking me. I'm sorry. No, it was rhetorical. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously the Packers, and Ryan Rodgers gets hurt. Obviously the Seahawks. Um, and none of the – all those teams did kind of collapse. You had the injuries to Rodgers. You had the, the Zeke thing, which just took the Cowboys season, which was already – um, sort of flatlined and pushed it sideways, and the Seahawks had a ton of injuries, and and the Falcon, uh, duh, the Falcons, and they lose their offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan. They become a shell of their former selves. Their their dynamic offense isn't nearly what it was, and they're actually coming into the playoffs playing well, but relying on defense. So, on one hand, maybe we could sit here and say, you know what, the NFC did implode. Um, you know, the Rams, Eagles, and Vikings were teams that stood out that nobody really would have thought at the beginning of the year. Maybe, maybe the Vikings, but if you would have said Bradford gets hurt and relying on Case Keenum, no one would have put that up there. Um, so maybe it did implode. Maybe we're all just um, you know, misjudging something here and not realizing that the Eagles, while they were terrific in conference and have been great thus far in the playoffs— have benefited from the fact that they didn't get they got to sidestep a few juggernauts. The flip side of that is is that you know you can that happens every year in the NFL in all of sports. You know, good teams are, are bad, bad teams are good and the re, the league resets itself every single season, especially in football more so than any other more so than any other league. And you take a look at the team, teams like the Vikings. Um, you take a look over at the AFC like the Jaguars who had a terrific defense, but offensively um, have essentially no passing attack. And it, it, it takes the Patriots a 10-point fourth quarter comeback to, be, to come back and beat them. So, uh, you know, I, I think someone could make an argument for the fact, and no one is making this, by the way, but you could take a step back and rationally think about it and think, yeah, we, we got a little bit of luck to get here. Um, but it doesn't, you're right, it doesn't feel that way. Um, all year, the Eagles have pretty much kicked everybody's ass. Um, you know, they've won a couple of close games in thrilling fashion, the field goal against the Giants and, and, and so on. But, you know, when you go back and look at their losses uh, on the road against Kansas City, on the road against Seattle, they're only two real losses. That's pretty, pretty darn impressive. And I don't know, there's just like a quiet confidence about this this group right now, like seeing that, you know, seeing them do the escape room thing, seeing them wear the masks. And then you turn over and you, and you know, you got Mac Hollins doing a Rubik's cube, like all these guys, all their personalities are shining. Uh, like Carson, answers. Carson tweets out the picture of a bunch of them that had done the escape room together. I literally just said that. Oh, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I heard the Rubik's cube. That's it's my fault. escape room. Um, but you have, uh, Garrett Blunt makes the comment about Favre. How many Super Bowls he got? One. I don't need to hear from him because he's because Blunt's obviously already got two. And I said he was joking, but the point is like all these guys have their personality shining. Meanwhile, flip over to the Patriots and every media availability they have, and they're fucking robots. And it's just a different mentality. And we could, you know, on Monday morning, be talking about how the moment was too big for the Eagles, 
and this experience was too new and they just weren't prepared and the Patriots have been here before and it was a business trip. Hashtag, you know, you'll see guys tweet hashtag business trip on Instagram and maybe that'll be the case. Maybe that's how you're supposed to act the Super Bowl. But all year long, this team is, has shown personality and kicked everybody's ass and nothing has changed this week. Uh, so like... Well, I don't know. The, like their confidence also... level is what it has been all year, and I think if they come out and win this game by two touchdowns, no one's going to be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised. We should be like, well, you know what? They've killed everybody all year long, and uh, yeah, what should we have? Ex- what else should we have expected? This is kind of a down year for the Patriots. Their defense is not particularly good. Um, offensively, they're they're missing. You know, you know, they're a plug and play offense, but they're missing a little something. Their line isn't terrific. They don't have Julian Edelman. Um, they're they're going to have Gronk, but he's you know, coming off a concussion. So there's, you know, there's a lot working in their favor here. I mean, look, when when we talk about how the Eagles have had personality all season, right? Typically, uh, I think, I guess it's more on the NBA side of things. You think about, like, the run-and-gun Steve Nash kind of teams that excelled in, in uh, you know, full-court, fast-break offense. And then they were told when they got to the playoffs that you have to become a half-court team. You have to change who you are as a team in order to be successful in the playoffs. And I guess to some extent there's a, a bit of that in the NFL playoffs, but I don't feel like it's it's quite as as stark of a contrast. This Eagles team, like if if they went in and they were totally, I don't know, eye on the prize, but were emotionless and just dead on the inside, I wouldn't be feeling too good about it because it's like you said, they they've been this outgoing bunch of goofs showing their personality all year and it hasn't been a distraction it, it seems like it's actually been kind of a, a way for them to rally together you know you don't always see teams that the offense and the defense interact all that much right like there have been teams in the past where it's you know the offenses know what the defense is doing vice versa they they don't really mingle together and you know in the locker room i think they're they're pretty much their um, their lockers are alternated. I think um, between offense and defense, there's this full team mentality, this full cohesive group together. Um, I guess you know more than anything. I think in 04, was it o yeah, it was o four in o four when the the Eagles were in this game, we had talked about how it was it was more of a relief when they won the NFC championship because we went in expecting to have our hearts broken again. And when we talk about how teams celebrate as if they had won the Super Bowl, if you go back and watch the film of that game and then the the celebration after, it really wasn't like the Eagles had actually been looking to the Super Bowl. And you had guys like Freddie Mitchell who were were popping off about Rodney Harrison saying, I got something for you, Harrison, saying that he couldn't name any of their defensive starters. That That's a distraction. The way that they celebrated the NFC Championship was a distraction. This Eagles team has had this weird kind of cool and quirky confidence. And when they won, it didn't feel like a relief. It felt like, all right, it was another game. And now we move on. And it just feels different. I have to imagine that the way that we feel is the way that people who have teams that get to the Super Bowl more often, like a Seattle, I think we're finally feeling what they feel. Because even when Seattle went in to play the Patriots, you knew that you were going up against this force, but you felt like you had a really elite defense that could take over the game or might be able to neutralize Brady. And you had a young quarterback and and some good skill players that could bring you the title home. So, you know, when I when I kind of reflect on it, that's that's why I'm looking. That's, I think, why I have this kind of strange confidence that they they could pull this thing off. And like I said, it's maybe the first time that we've had an Eagles playoff run since 
I don't know, what was it, 2000, 2001, when they played the uh, the Rams, where I didn't really expect anything, and they ended up, you know, making the NFC Championship. I think it's like the first time that I haven't been stressed out going into games. I'm just more frustrated with, you know, like I said before, the two weeks between games. Yeah, see, I'm stressed out now. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't What's going into be the, stressed about. Well, I wasn't going into the Vikings game uh, all week. I I felt really. I felt really good. No, did not expect that, but I felt better about that game. And I think you'll hear a lot of people say this. Felt better about that game than the Falcons game because we just didn't know who what team was going to show up against the Falcons. And uh, you know, going into the Vikings game, I thought it was going to be a different kind of game. But I just felt good. I just felt like they were better. They were at home. The Vikings were coming off like you talked about celebrating and all that stuff. Adam talked about this. Just that miraculous high and that stupid skull thing and all. You know, I mean, that was such a big deal that moment. And you know, they they weren't ready to play a game. Let's face it. Um, I I feel really con- I feel more confident about this than I really thought I would. Um, again, I've said this a few times. When the Jaguars blew that game, I was down. I was down starting out the Eagles game because it was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, even if they win, we're going to have to play the Patriots. And we simply, we have not shown in four games with Nick Foles that we can get into any sort of shootout with a team like that. And then they go and drop 38 points on the Vikings, and now all of our calibrations are reset. And, you know, there's still, you know, Mike Missinelli mentioned this yesterday, and there's someone who called in, said, you know, we got to get the good Nick Foles. And Missinelli was like, that's a good way to put it. And it's not that, you know, it's not that we're sitting around here doubting Nick Foles, but there's still there's still an X factor here that is, are we going to get the guy who who played like he did last week? Or are we going to get the guy who sometimes looks like he can't throw a football and has happy feet in the pocket and all of that? And the guy who guy we had for the first few games um, after Wentz went down. If we get the first guy, we get the guy we saw last week, then this offense, there's no reason to not think this offense scores 30-plus points. Patriots' defense isn't good, and it's something the Eagles have done all year long. It's not surprising anymore. It's not surprising when they put up 35 points and, and the quarterback throws for four touchdowns. Like These things are expected from this offense. Um, if we get the other Nick Foles, though, Everything changes. Like it, everything changes if if your quarterback is not able to, you know, do the little things. It doesn't mean we don't need to be throwing fifty yard flea flickers to win, um, but we do need him to be efficient and and you know um, confident with the ball. Like just those little things. We need him to manage the game really well at best, and the offense is really good. Um, so I don't, I don't know. know if I see. I'm that a little same stressed. S- like I'm a little stressed I, about that. I don't know if I see the Eagles putting up thirty plus points in this game. That's the thing, though. There's no reason. Like, why? Why? I think because you're going to have the initial stress of the game. Nah, that's uh, that's stupid. And th- you could, okay. but your Falcons you're were sitting here. Last you're year sitting here as a person who doesn't play points. a game stressed on a Friday, and you're going to tell me that there's no nerves in young players going into their first Super Bowl. But that manifests itself differently in everybody. You know, yeah, I mean, but look I'm, at the Falcons I mean, last year. They were torching, torching the, the the Patriots, and then they just completely shit the bed. Were they not stressed? I'm sure they were. You know, every single person who plays in this game is, is going to be like that. And it's not like every Super Bowl doesn't have a touchdown in the first quarter. I'm sure I'm sure there's some stat we can go look at and see that, yeah, the Super Bowls tend to start a little bit slow because it's just, you know, it's just a lot going on. And, you know, it's hard to get into the game with all the pomp and circumstance. Um, I, I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm fine with the Eagles Anything over seven days this year, there's another concern. Everything, everything over seven days this year, um, they have had a sluggish start. 
Um, so it is a possibility. I mean, but if the Patriots- they can also score thirty points in two and a half quarters, like we've seen that sort of output from them, and there's a chance this becomes a pass-heavy game. The Patriots certainly, you know, don't want to be in a defensive slugfest because that's an advantage for us. So I do think the they could very easily both teams wind up in the thirties. Where it comes down to is. I think the Eagles' defense has more of an advantage over the Patriots' offense than than vice versa. Yeah, I mean, I look at it like this. The Patriots have never scored uh, in this, this dynasty era, have never scored in the first quarter. And they've had offenses that have rolled out guys like Randy Moss. Uh, if they haven't scored in the first quarter, I don't know if there's a way f- to uh, to see a scenario where it's a guarantee that the Eagles do score in the first be it nerves doesn't be matter it, be it so plan- what like what I, I don't i don't get the point here like I, what's the point so what the point is that if great offenses have gone into super bowls before and not scored points i don't know how you can just assume right off the bat that a young team is going to be able to go out and like you know put up enough points to go on a 30 point pace it doesn't oh God, it, first of all it doesn't need to be a, a 30 point pace i like it's the not- grunt that you just did you did the mike mizzanelli kind of uh you know, passive aggressive. This isn't like the NBA, where if you want to hit 120 points, you're going to need to score like you know 35 plus in the first quarter. Like the Eagles all season have shown the ability to just—I mean—they could score three touchdowns in consecutive drives. This isn't like it, there's who cares if they're young? Like it, these are you're you're mixing like 50 different sports cliches in the one thing to come up with the reason why you don't think this could be a high-scoring game. I, I, I go back to the Eagles are one of the best offenses in the NFL. Point blank, period. Like, it's that simple. Um, are they a little bit young and inexperienced? And could that affect them this game? Yeah, of, of course it could. Could the Patriots, having their sphincters as tight as humanly possible, because this might be their last chance? Could Tom Brady, who is so wrapped within inside his own ego, who's had to deal with some inside and outside, outside noise over the last few weeks, wrap his... Like, Tom Brady is, is human. He has had bad Super Bowls. He has had bad playoff games. He is... Like, could that happen? Yeah, sure. All I'm trying to sit here and say is that I don't think you could you, you can't look at this and say oh well you know they're they're young they're not going to score points like screw that this is all season I'm long this they're team not has going come out and impressed us impressed us when we didn't think they could when we thought they hit the end of the line when we thought we re- they reached their peak when they we thought they lost too many players and they've continued to just run along so I, w- my only point here is I don't think it's a little bit surprising if the Eagles score 38 points again the page it's it's that simple doesn't mean the, the game's Patriots gonna play have out not that allowed way. the Patriots in this dynasty era have not allowed now granted they've had better defenses in the past how many they've times Vikings allowed they have points they year? have never allowed a team to score more than 28 points in a Super Bowl against you, them you realize these stats mean nothing right you realize that when you're comparing, like, I, I hate these trend stats. Oh, well, the Patriots are 6-1 and one where, you know, forget about the uniforms things. They're 6-1. and one. Tom Brady is, they're 15-0 and 0 in the playoffs when they've played a team they haven't played in the regular season. Those aren't this team. Like, just because they wear the same jersey, they are different teams. Yes, if you have Belichick and Brady, you could. there's some, there's definitely a thread of commonality there. And you could begin to extrapolate some sort of takeaways. But do you think people who are betting hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars on this game and running high-end computer simulations 10,000 times to, to, lay, to lay real money on this game, do you think they go back 
and say to themselves, well, you know, the Patriots, you know, in in 2000 to 2010 never did this, so it can't happen now. Like, the game is different now. This is a different circumstance. Um, you know, they were the Falcons were well on their way to 38 points last year and then just completely, like, just pulled their pants down and went on the logo in the middle of the field. Um, That's Credit fair. to the Patriots so, for adjusting. So, Kyle, But, like, this team then. is not infallible. Many, is when's the, the last time the Patriots, this. when's the last time the Patriots allowed a team this season to score 30 points? Probably against the Chiefs. No, it was October 1st against Carolina. Even then they then they allowed 14, 17, 7, 13, 16, 8, 17, 3, 20, 24, 16, 6, 14, and 20. I feel like I'm doing the Powerball. You know, you can you can think I'd the historical trends the are bad. Like thirty eight to the Eagles, but okay. Well, the fact remains they have not given up thirty points since the very beginning of October. And like when people look at this defense and they look at the you know the overall ranking of, of where they are, I guess in in yards allowed, I think they're they near the, the bottom. Or they're the near Rams? the bottom. They're near the bottom of the NFL in yards allowed per game, but they don't break. That's the point. So like. I, I think you and I have now gone down this like stupid rabbit hole we didn't need to, but I think the idea that the Eagles are just going to go in and like and put up over 30 points for the first time in you know three months on a Patriots team is, I don't know, is, is like woefully uh, overly optimistic. Did the, did the, I, the I'm Eagles, just, I'm just the main thing here. is that uh, we want the Eagles to score more points and to win the game. No, I don't course. care how many uh, they legit, score. Legit question though, legit question. Did the Patriots play the Eagles or the Rams in any they of those did games? Not. They did Got not. Got it. Okay. Okay. And they did play the Saints early in the season. They did the Eagles play 20. the Steelers at all so we could see how, you know, they would have guarded against like an Antonio Brown? No. I like I I don't know what your point is. If you're no, going to throw out my, my if you're going to like throw out two teams that they're obviously not going to play from that conference like No, but my point is I don't is get what you're, you're getting at. You're you're trying to make this thing because the Patriots haven't given up 30 points in several months. It's it's something the Eagles can't do. And I'm gonna I'm just running down their schedule here. Bucks. I'm not saying Jets, they can't do it. I'm saying that they Falcons, haven't. Chargers. Done they Raiders, have not Broncos. allowed 30 They've points. They've played a lot of shitty offenses, with the exception of the Steelers. They've played a ton. Well, of Well, I would say offenses. that the Steelers are a pretty a pretty damn good offense, Kyle. Okay, and they they won on a a blown uh, catch at the end zone, which the Steelers should have won the game and would have given them 30 points, by the way. Adam, but we're it currently didn't. fighting, but it should have. Adam, we're currently fighting over the Patriots. How are you? I am awake. How are you guys? So uh, It's fine. I'm glad, I'm glad you're here. So oh, good. Just, we're, I'm going to get you right into it. We're, okay. So we're in the middle of, of we were in the middle Kyle of just Kyle thinks sort that, of the, that Nick Foles is going to put up over 30 points on the Patriots. And I pointed out that the Patriots no, haven't allowed 30 points since, since October 1st. And somehow we've made this into like an eight-minute conversation. Yeah. What, well, what I said to Russ to is I'm not going to be surprised if, if both teams wind up in the 30s here because I think the Eagles have the ability you said there's to do no it. Reason, you said there's no reason they shouldn't put up over the 30-plus points against the Patriots. And I merely pointed out that they Couldn't. haven't done it since October. I didn't say shouldn't. I said couldn't. There's no reason they couldn't do that. It could definitely get up that high. That's for sure. Especially when uh, we talked on this podcast about really not making public the parade routes and then posting the parade routes on that exact blog. I mean, <laughs> website. I mean, Kyle, I just I can't believe you. Like, we talked about it so much. And then I look and I see you defending it for like three days. We talked about it. it. Yeah, it I was, couldn't believe it. 
That was your hill. The, the, that was your hill. I was just standing next to it while. You, oh, and I'm you... dead. I'm dead on the hill now. I'm dying. In fairness, we were trying to get people, you know, to retract their sick days or personal days they might have put in early so they could switch it to the real parade day. Here's the thing that I don't understand from that whole argument is you don't think that if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, every single job in the city is going to get lenient that week? They're not. It's going to become in my, a holiday. In my profession, they will not. Yeah, Adam, it's kind of there. So there's there's this thing going on around here the last few days about um, people, businesses not clo- like having no plans on closing. Um, schools certainly. I saw one teacher, and Russ, you could probably speak to this better, but a teacher tweeted uh, yesterday, uh, a, I guess, some sort of questionnaire that the school sent around to teachers or students, uh, to parents. I'm sorry, to parents. If the Eagles win, are you planning? The Philly public schools are closed. This must have been a suburban school. Are you planning on pulling your kid out of school? And it, it seemed like a school trying to make the determination whether they were just going to close for the day. They should. But I think they should. The, they should. They absolutely should. But I mean, Jeff, like Jeff, Investor think, Jeff, it, who's a doctor, yeah. has procedures planned on Tuesday. And when we thought the parade was going to be Tuesday, uh, I think he was working his hardest to find people to s- fill in because he does procedures one day, a Monday a month, and it happened to be Tuesday. Damn. And that was, you know, those sorts of things, I guess, don't get canceled, you know? Yeah, I just know that my whole life, it's always been, if the Eagles win, I got to be there for the parade. You know what I mean? Like, I got to see it. And, you know, even when the Phillies won, the statement was, can you imagine what this would be like if the Eagles won? I just... You know, I think there's certain things in life that everyone needs to witness and be a part of, and I don't think learning geometry for a day is that important. No Look offense. You. you don't that's, want to jinx them. That's just sitting here talking about A squared about the plus B squared equals C squared. Yeah, you could take your Pythagorean theorem and you can go down a broad street with that shit. Cause I would Adam, love to. Adam, to your point about the not announcing the parade stuff, the city, to their credit, is not. I mean, the, the, the yeah, reason no, I'm proud we of have... Them. No, they're announcing that they're going to put oil on poles. Right. But the the reason we're the only you know site to post it is because they won't make it, and they're not not. I mean, the the mayor was straight up ass. He said, "Oh, we're not even planning on it." Well, obviously, Perfect. of course they are. And perfect. Yeah, so Kyle, are you working for Bill Belichick? No, no. I see. If you saw the Kyle, post, there was I a hesitation. We, I'm not I thought we did now. it brilliant. So Bob wrote the post. It wound up in the Metro in Boston. Um, so damn it. But um, I, we wrote we included a special message to Bill Belichick at the end of the post, which I thought Just was a case. very was a very nice way to to put the kibosh on that. Yeah, there's um, a few, Belichick there's went a few... to the, the Bucks game last night. I know, right? That was weird. I saw him sitting there and I was like, ooh, Doug, really? I hope you're does getting that, yeah, extra... So does that mean that he's taking this team lightly? Do we no. read into that? Do we yeah. get upset? Six one oh six do I film a black and white video now? Six one Am I supposed to do that? Look Our at quarterbacks you. were in you an escape room. You didn't do that so against the a... Seahawks, against the Falcons. Our maybe quarterbacks you're were in too, an escape room, so let's not. Maybe you're too confused by Giannis Antetokounmpo to focus on the Eagles. <laughs> I like how you now uh, slow down when you're when you're worried. I I was listening to the other one, and uh, yeah. when you say Vitae's name now, <laughs> you actually Vati like Vitae? Yeah, you like have to really enunciate and and put space in between each. Yeah, syllables. I fucked up the other day trying to say his it's name. A, it's a beautiful thing. So how I gotta um, go. So, I, I saw a I'm few gonna, things. I'm gonna peace out, guys. Have a enjoy the Super Bowl. Did Russ give his official prediction? Oh, yeah, Russ a prediction. I did it on eight um, to four Wednesday. No, no, I, no, this is the prediction. Didn't I say thirty-seven twenty-seven on uh, 
If you did, I'm going to punch <laughs> I you. I think I said 37-27 on Wednesday. Russ was I don't have my notepad in front of me. I was having yeah. so much fun. It was beautiful. Russ, tell me how it went. It was really nice. I, it was a lot of fun, and Westchester showed out like I thought they would. We had over 100 people there, and we were getting some really good feedback afterwards. So it was. How it was, was the nice. tomato pie? I didn't end up eating any tomato pie. I ended up having like wings and dips and all that stuff, and it was delicious. And Italian hoagie stuff. It was it was delicious. Man, and I'm going to a Super Bowl party this weekend. That's uh, brought to us in part by uh, Carlino. So I'll be eating more Carlinos this weekend. Nice. All right, Russ. Enjoy so. the game, dude. Yeah. Have a See, good one. Uh, I've Give I've been seeing some stuff that lately that's a little bit scaring me. The Fletcher Cox mask that was given to him, right? That he didn't bring that. Uh, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I'm just and then the flu and then I saw like Eagles foe celebrating and yeah. I just. Um, it's, you know, that's obviously the theme of the week. This is the eighth Super Bowl for this Patriots team, mainly Brady and Belichick. But, yeah, just I've, I've been seeing some, like, Eagles new in the Super Bowl stuff that kind of scares me a little bit. But uh, I don't know, man. Is it good that Vegas is still going to the Eagles, or is that now just the public? Well, so, yeah, we were actually going to do a post on this yesterday, and we decided to wait today till at least some more of the big money came in. But, I mean, you when this the minute the Vikings game ended, uh, we were we were looking at a six-point line, like very briefly. And we're, what, four and a half right now? Mm-hmm. I take that as a great sign. I mean, it, like, I, I've, I've done these posts over the last few weeks, right after Wentz went down, what would the Eagles be right now, and then what would they be now? And we've done a couple, and all along the way, they'd be by far the biggest underdogs to the Patriots, uh, especially on, on a neutral field. And that number has come down almost to the point where it was like before we saw bad Nick Foles. After bad Nick Foles, everything kind of reset, and the Eagles were becoming bigger dogs, and they were underdogs to the Falcons at home and all this stuff. Um, the 4.5 line on a neutral field against the Patriots to me is is a is such an Eagles line, um, and you know I we're, we're gonna see we're gonna see where the big money comes like we're gonna see over the next 24 hours which you know is, does it start to get the expensive to get the Eagles at 4.5 well then that's a good sign right is it like are they like minus 130 and then do we see it drop down to four you know that's that's when we're gonna start to see. Uh, really get a sense for how to feel. I want to get your thoughts though on their uh, on their demeanor because we touched on this a little bit, but you've been a little closer to the action. Before we do, I have uh, not. I have not seen an eagle, bro. So before we do, well, you, okay. Well, either way, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, tell you. Um, before we do, I want to thank first of all Russ mentioned Carlinos. Uh, one estimate had 150 people there. I think that may have been a little bit high, but we were definitely, uh, I would say, over 100 people. Uh, great turnout. Shout out to Kevin Kincaid and Sean Cottrell from the website, whose uh, mics were just completely dead and thus didn't make the recording. Uh, that They were the best part of the show. We also had Sean's cousin Colin Wilk perform his Eagle song, which is getting a ton of traction on social media this week. Um, so thank you to Carlinos for having us out. Uh, also want to thanks say thanks to Amerigas, as you know. Uh, the nation's number one propane provider, available at over 55,000 locations, including locally at Home Depot and 7-Eleven. Uh, we have a new contest going. Uh, congratulations to Daniel. We'll just leave it at Daniel because I don't have his last name in front of me for winning the first time around. Uh, this, you can go to crossingbroad.com backslash Amerigas. Uh, 
just enter your name and email or and and uh, tweet a glorious picture of your an Amerigas propane tank. Find one, find it out back, find it on the side of the road, find a billboard, find a tank. Take a picture, the most glorious picture of your tank, tweet it or post it on Instagram with the hashtag, hashtag show your tank and enter the contest and then the winner will get $500 worth of prizes, including a portable grill, a portable heat lamp, two tailgate chairs, a hose to hook it all up and $200 worth of uh, a $200 gift card to the Crossing Broad store. Uh, and that's it. All you'll have to do is buy the, uh, uh, I'm, I'm dying here, <laughs> buy the propane tank and uh, some hot dogs, and you got yourself a good tailgate ready to go. So thanks to our friends at Amerigas again uh, for sponsoring us, and uh, we look forward to uh, look forward to getting a new winner here in a few weeks. So go to crossingbroad.com backslash Amerigas and sign up. It's super easy. Um, yeah, we so we touched on this earlier. We've been kind of all over the place. When you came on, Russ and I were arguing about a throwaway, uh, an aside I made about not being shocked if the Eagles put up 30 points, and then Russ like pinned me into a corner saying, no way the Patriots allowed 30 points, which I think is slightly a ridiculous take. Um, but we did talk a lot about the demeanors heading into the game. To me, the Eagles look like the same loose, goofy team they've been all year, which I take is a good sign. Um you look at their media availabilities and then compare them to the Patriots who are acting like robots. And I'll roll with the guys who've been like this all year. Um, but I'd be interested to, to get your thoughts here as to whether or not um, you're a little bit concerned that not that they're distracted, but they do seem to be caught up in the moment every time you see them. No, I will say though, that I agree with what you're saying that you want to be who you are. So here I am thinking the Eagles should be more like the Patriots, but no, they've been the more dominant, loose-lipped team the whole time. We got LeGarrette Blunt saying, I don't need to hear from Brett Favre, uh, all that stuff, which I thought was really interesting. I think Brett Favre is the perfect guy to talk to them on Saturday. I think he's the absolute demeanor you need to beat Bill Belichick, which is, you're better, let's just go out and do this and just keep going, um, especially since he beat the Patriots back in 96. Um yeah, it's – man, we all know. Like, no matter what we say right now, it's going to come down to Tom Brady with the ball in his hands at the end of the game, and are they going to get a stop? And I could easily see this going in the 30s. I think that the Patriots have some key advantages on offense. Uh, I think that their ability to throw to running backs and wide receivers underneath, I think the Eagles are going to have a huge advantage on offense. I think they're going to be able to run right up the middle. They're going to be able to – especially to the right side. And I think if they spread out the Patriots, there's going to be some really good matchups on Ertz or Aguilar in the middle because they don't have that many good We could attack Eric Rowe, which is going to be great. So uh, I could see this being high scoring. And in terms of the demeanor, uh, this is the week in which we read into too many things. What does Bill Belichick's hat mean? What does it mean that he sat on the on the halftime? It's it is such a cluster here, Kyle, with so much media that whenever they're like, "Hey, do you want an event where you can see Kronk play Legarrette Blunt and Madden?" I go, "Guys, I'm not going," because there's like 70 cameras in these guys' faces that. What, what you're seeing is not even the real representation of themselves. You're seeing what it looks like to be in front of 70 media members, which no one ever experiences. Uh, they're living in a hotel attached to the mall. Uh, I'm seeing... Oh, is it really? Yeah, I'm seeing yeah. guys just walking around the mall. And because they're NFL players, no one knows who they are. 
Uh, like two days ago, I just saw Tory Smith walking with it, with some guys, and I wasn't going to ruin it for him. But I was like, no one knows that's Tory Smith, because when their helmets are off, nobody has any idea. Uh, I'll say that all of the legends here are seemingly rooting for the Eagles. I mean, even Moose Johnston is rooting for the Eagles because they all have some form of history. So Moose is going, we were the first team to go three out of four years. Patriots were the second team. And if they win this one, that's the second time this decade, and I can't have that, so I'm rooting for the Eagles. Okay. Terry Bradshaw, rooting for the Eagles. Jerome Bettis, rooting for the Eagles. A lot of these guys are rooting for the Eagles because I think they're realizing what a Patriots mean means to their legacy. It makes it even more less impressive. Uh, so that's been interesting. And I would say, man, 80%, 90% of the current NFL players that I've talked to have said that the Eagles are much more talented than the Patriots. And the only reason they're picking them is because of Brady and Belichick. Melvin Gordon says the Eagles and the Chargers, for that matter, are more talented than the Patriots. Uh, Kareem Hunt said that. Wait, uh, Melvin few, Gordon said that? Yeah, he said <laughs> that. No, here's the thing. God, I hate the Chargers. Here's the thing. Chris Sims, <laughs> Phil Sims, um, I, every, all the older guys, too, are saying the Eagles are more talented because they are. No, they I believe that. I'm just yeah, laughing yeah. at Melvin Gordon dropping a – like, hey, Chargers, like win a playoff game. Oh, <laughs> well, so one. I said – no, I asked Melvin. I was like um, – I was like, so then what happens when you lose to a less talented team? <laughs> and he said, you know, what what happens is is when you play the Patriots, you get done and you go and you watch the film and you go, Dan, they didn't make a mistake. And if you think about it, after the Chargers lost to the Patriots, where like Travis Benjamin went back and got a safety, I think they won six games in a row. I think they did. So there's just that that mental change that happens in you where you see this team that doesn't mess up. I love the fact that Doug Peterson made them take a 30-minute break during practice yesterday to get used to the halftime gap. I, that, I think that is genius because that's the one part of the Super Bowl that really scares me, which is the Bill Belichick bang-bang. Uh, you know how Louis C.K. Um, used to say two dinners in one night is a bang-bang? So Bill Belichick will score with less than two minutes left. Then you have a 30-minute break because of Justin Timberlake. And then he's going to start the second half of the ball. He's going to score again. And then your offense hasn't been on the field for an hour. And I just think that was really smart for Peterson to go, we're going to sit here and you're going to feel what it's like to sit for 30 minutes instead of 15. I just think that's, that's good situational preparation by Peterson, and I respect it. Andy Reid would have took it, taken about a three-minute break and told him to get back out there. So they Andy, Andy Reid, I feel like, would have said, we'll adjust at halftime. And then everyone <laughs> would have looked at him and be like, okay. Uh, it's, amazing the, it's amazing the level of confidence we have going into this game with Peterson compared to with Reid. Like, we were just I was going to say the confidence of the going into the season drop. opener with Peterson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, Peterson has shown the ability to really uh, adjust in the second half. Um, it's funny. I yes. think it, the Eagles seasons can often be um, reflected on by the success against the Cowboys. You know, how you do against the Cowboys determines how the Eagles do. But I think last year the Cowboys game in Dallas was the game which I said Doug Peterson's a bad coach four times uh, because 
he fell apart in the second half, and he threw like screens to Nelson Aguilar when he was having an awful year and just weird stuff, and it was bad clock management. And then well, this year, yeah, it was Dallas, bad decision making because it was the exactly. decision to punt rather than go for what would have been a game winning field goal, and that's and probably. Then, yeah, I, I was, oh, that's I, one of the two decisions last year, that and the Giants game, where, where I think right. everyone, we like, well, we have no book on Peterson, and now the book we have is not good. Exactly. And then this year, the Cowboys game, they're you know 10-9 at halftime. They come out and they they, they win 38-9 to uh, in the second half. And I, I think that's the thing about Peterson is uh, I read that Peter King article, and I thought it was really, really good. And then I talked to Sims, who was hanging out with Peter King, and he started telling me how impressed Peter was afterwards. He's like, Chris, you know, I just wrote this article, and, and I'll tell you what, man, Doug is, is even a, a harder worker than I thought he was, and he's really done, like instilled this into the team. And I've, my, my friend Dan hit me up and said that, you know, Peterson's sort of our new Charlie Manuel, and, mm-hmm. and I could see that. But at the same point, I can also see that, we're going to underrate him for a little bit because he looks like everybody's uncle, because he wears the visor, because, you know, he speaks in just like bro platitudes. But he also can connect with the players, and he surrounded himself with a really good coaching staff, which, because of our run, is going to be maintained. Uh, I'm seeing rumors that Joe DiFilippo is going to get, uh, even now, some last interviews at some places, but all signs point to us keeping Jim Schwartz. All signs point to us keeping Frank right. And no matter what happens in this game, to have all of those guys back for another year is pretty special. It's another benefit of your team going to the Super Bowl is these these other teams want to make their move immediately and they get impatient and you get to keep your core intact. But uh, Peterson, man, it's all, all, all praise goes to him. It's been awesome. How funny would it be that if the two guys to break the drought in the city – or Charlie Manuel and Doug Peterson. Right. That's what we're staring at. I mean, both yeah. w- will one day have statues, and both are, were sort of viewed as, you know, kind of bumbling, bumbling fools in different ways when they arrived here. Uh, I got to start rapping. So where are you watching the game? What's your plan? So uh, home, same spot, having having all the family come over. Um yeah, not not super superstitious, uh, you know, same seats sort of thing, but n- nothing nothing too outside the uh, outside the norm. Uh, yeah. I'll be ready to be working. Going to try and take a nap Sunday because if they win, most likely we'll just stay up all night, you know, blogging, work, you know, doing all that stuff. So, oh yeah, you'll be up till like five. I mean, when I you know look, I've been doing the site for eight years, and back in my head, it's always been like, man, if a team ever wins, it will be the busiest twenty four hour period because like, you know, it's it just you know it's the thing we were built for was chronicling celebrations like that's what yes. that's our wheelhouse and uh yeah i there would be no better thing than to be up for 24 straight hours Kyle, i never going sta- to the understand it i am i never understand it man i come in the super bowl and i think about you know people at the nfl network and at espn and all this stuff and I think about how they've worked all year for this week when people are paying attention the most. And then I get here and, you know, 90% of the media is walking around with a thumb up their ass and they just, they want to party and they want to drink and they want to like hopefully, you know, have a crazy night. And it's just like, no, like you're here for something. Your, your companies are paying you to be here to, to, to work your ass off. I never understood it. So that's why I agree with you. They win. 
celebrate, get it in, scream, talk to all your friends. And then, yeah, man, like people need you to chronicle. You know, that's that's your role in all this. People will remember that shit. But yeah, uh, it's funny. Yeah, people I mean, are like, are you going to go, you know, like go down city? You're going to go to bar? I'm like, no, are you kidding? Like, this is like this will be the busiest 12 hour period in the his, like in the website's history. That's, we need you, know, you on the police scanners. We need yep. you collecting video. Yeah, that's your that's your role here. But yeah, I'll be there. Uh, uh, I'm taking over the Bleach Report Instagram story uh, for the game, which should be interesting because I'm going to be stressed out. I have no idea where my seats are. Uh, The NFLPA is supposed to be giving me tickets uh, tomorrow. Uh, But yeah, man, I'm going to be in there. So your family going to be crazy. Yeah. Pops is going to be there. Mom's going to be there. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, oof. it's weird. Like it's that, that weird dynamic where I don't want to talk about how great it's going to be in their win. Cause I don't want to jinx it. And I'm not going to mention, you know, the other side, um, cause that's not possible, but yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about the split in the stadium. Uh, I'm hearing Eagles chance all over radio row. Um, there's, it's it's an interesting dynamic. It's two large media groups too. You know, Boston has so many people out here, and Philly has you know everybody out here too. But um, I, I'm hearing a ton of Eagles chants every single day. Which we is do a lot awesome. with Ticket IQ, those are secondary market tickets, and they provide us with an article saying that like their their visit visits to their website this week have been five to one uh, location based in favor of Philadelphia over Boston. Wow. So, yeah, that's no surprise. I mean, I, I think we're going to see. Of the available, you know, rooting interest seats and not the third-party corporate seats and all that, uh, I think we're going to see at least two to one Eagles fans in, in those seats. That would be great. I would like that very much. What's your prediction? Uh, I'm going to stay with the same prediction. I definitely think that it can be more, but I'm going to go with 24-23 with a missed Goskowski field goal. So the Eagles are clinging to a one-point lead, and the Patriots start driving, and we all get a little bit upset. And I'm going to say that our men, uh, let's go with uh, uh, Brandon Graham, gets a sack to put them to make them attempt a field goal, and Goskowski uh, fades it. I'm torn. I'm torn. I, you know, I think they're going to win by two. I think they can win by two touchdowns. Um, I, I, but I don't like going with the conventional scores for the Eagles. Um, I, I haven't arrived on. Is it? Is it? Am I allowed to say I haven't arrived on a number yet? No. Damn it. Sorry. Ah, uh, God. I mean, I want to go like twenty-seven, fifteen, Eagles. Ooh, that's yeah. a. Hold on. That's funny. These I'm looking at the cover of Sports Illustrated with Nick Foles on it, and it says Patriots 27-16. That was their prediction. Really? Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm gonna. I feel good about that. Uh, that would be um, that would be unbelievable. A two-score win. I, you know, like here's and this is what I, I said to Ross earlier. I just think nothing would surprise me. Like they've they've killed everybody all year long. If they come out and win by two touchdowns, I don't think we should sit here and be surprised. Be like, yeah, well, yep, they've been the best team in the league all season, and the yeah. Wentz reset our calibrations, and now they've kind of adjusted back. I I just think they're better than the Patriots. I think their strength is better than the Patriots' strength and and weakness and so on. 
I just think we've never seen it happen to the Patriots in any of their Super Bowls. Sure. Uh, which would make it that much sweeter. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we'll see. Yeah. I just, uh, think, I just think they're going to do it. Philly, good luck. Uh, I hope that you guys are excited. It's okay to be nervous. It's the damn Super Bowl. It's going to be crazy. Um, but uh, I know Kyle and Russ held you guys down at Carlino's. Um, and we're definitely going to do a lot of recaps next week. So I'll know I'm excited. Kyle, is it cool if I rap? Yep. Um, man, Super Bowl 52, Minnesota. Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots. Everywhere I go, I see huge signs with Tom Brady and Nick Foles. It's not about Nick Foles. Fletcher Cox should be on all of those signs. If the Eagles win, I really hope that Fletcher Cox plays so well that they have to give him MVP. Someone messaged me that he's like 3,300 3, to 1 to win MVP, which I get it because unless you're a quarterback, you're probably not getting the trophy. But if it happens and we can get a defensive guy to get the MVP too, that would be a dream. Uh, I think it's been cool to be on this ride all year. It's been cool to see a team that everyone said didn't really have a chance to, this is just a fluke, to they've played a weak competition, to they're not going to be able to do it with Carson Wentz being hurt, to, oh, now you got to face the Patriots. It would be nice if it still ended with them proving people wrong. They are underdogs. They are the Philadelphia Eagles, and I believe they will be the Super Bowl 52 world champions we will find out follow russ at joy on broad follow kyle at crossing broad i am at adam lefko thank you so much for your support through all these weeks and months and uh man enjoy the game let's go birds